chapter 10. Luke 10. Hallelujah. Are we on or? Okay. I guess I better turn us on over here. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Luke 10. And uh, what I want to talk to you about today is the title of the message is, This is Life. This is life. Life in what? Life in Christ. Uh, I could subtitle it, Killing Sacred Cows, because we're going to kill a couple of sacred cows today when we, we talk about some of these things. What's a sacred cow? It's something that somebody believes in that's not biblical. And they've made a cow out, a sacred cow out of it, because they don't, they, they don't want to kill it because afraid of uh, change. In Luke chapter 10, look here in verse uh, 19. Jesus is speaking and he says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notice what he says here. He, he has given unto us power to tread on serpents. All right? And scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. You've been given. Right? And that word power, when he says he's, he's given you power, that word power means authority. You have been given authority. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said that. Do you believe that? Yes. Say amen. amen. All right? So if you truly believe that, that what Jesus said is true, nothing's going to hurt you. Then let me ask you, why are things hurting Christians today? Because that's not life. The life that Jesus gives us, he said, he said that, that you have been given authority, you've been given power, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. All right? Well, we're going to find out some of that stuff. Why are, are people having these things happen to them? Well, we'll look at the Word because when we look at the Word, we start to see truth is revealed, right? Let's go to, go to Proverbs chapter 24 real quick. Proverbs 24. Reasons. When people uh, don't gain the victory. But there's an interesting uh, saying back here in the word in Proverbs 24, verse 10. It says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is is small, or the King James, actually the Hebrew says, it's narrow. It's narrow. See, your faith can be narrow to the point where it's not focused on everything, it's only focused on one area of your life. And a lot of Christians have a tendency to live their life that way. Well, I'm believing God for this, but I'm not believing Him for all of this. Jesus said that you've been given power over everything of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. 
I mean, that's just some pretty strong words. If he's given us authority, I believe he has. We have it. We need to exercise it. Because if you don't exercise your authority, the enemy who's already defeated, all right, the enemy's still putting up a fight. You have to understand that. Even though he, he was defeated 2,000 years ago, he is still fighting. So we have to enforce the victory. I kind of heard somebody tell the story about back in World War II, at the end of World War II, um, when the Japanese surrendered to the United States, uh, there was a soldier that was in, I believe it was in Okinawa, and in 1975, they found this guy. And he had been killing people for 30-some years, and he did not know the war was over. Because he had been cut off from his supply. He was not in contact with anybody. And periodically, what would happen is, for, for in those 30 years, people would get shot, and, and they would die. And when they would go to find out, look and see, what, what, how did they die? they found that they were killed with old bullets from an old gun. They just couldn't understand what in the world's going on here. Well, finally one day, like I said, 1975, they come across this guy, and they captured him and told him, look, the war's over with. He didn't know. So he, what did he do? He just kept on fighting because he had been sworn an oath to never give up. So he's still fighting. Well, see, the enemy is a lot like that. Even though the enemy, Satan, is defeated... He's still fighting. Our job and your job is to enforce that victory because you've been given authority over him. And you have to understand that. You have authority. Jesus gave it to you. If you don't take that authority and exercise it, the devil will eat your lunch. He'll steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. He steals, kills, and destroys. But let's look at another scripture here. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And you all have heard this scripture before many times. <clears throat> Luke chapter 4. Verse 18, Jesus is speaking here. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because... He hath anointed me to preach. Well, that word preach means also proclaim. The gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach or proclaim deliverance to the captives. And the recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach or proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I remember I heard a number of years ago, Brother Hagen tells the story of uh, one of the visitations he had by the Lord Jesus. And Jesus told him concerning that scripture right there, he spoke that everywhere he went. Everywhere Jesus went, he preached that scripture right there. Every time he would go into, that's what he would do. He would preach that. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I, I believed it. But then as the Lord started revealing this to me, I started seeing, well, it is true. The Word clearly even shows that it's true. Even though we only see it here, it's actually, you'll start to see it flow over into other scriptures. 
that it was there. Notice what he's done. He, he's, he's set forth to proclaim, all right? To proclaim the gospel, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach or proclaim deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When's the acceptable year? Right now. Not tomorrow. Right now. Right now. Not tomorrow. Right now. You say, well, but, but pastor, that was 2000. Right now. It's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He don't change. The acceptable year is right now. And this is what Jesus did. He went proclaiming this is the year. Set the captives free. Heal the sick. Deliverance for everyone. That's what he went ahead and did. Um, another word I was looking that up, the word proclaim means, one of the meanings in Greek is to herald. To herald. To publicly decry. You know, we, we, at Christmas time, we sing a, a song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. What were they singing? That he had been born, right? They were proclaiming and declaring the Son of God was born so that what? Everyone would know that he had been born. This is what he was doing. He was proclaiming this is the day for deliverance. Not tomorrow. Today. Today's the day. Now, see, we're going to look at some of these things a little bit different because, you know, <clears throat> there's faith, all right? You can use faith to receive things from heaven. You need faith. But you also need faith to do this because to decree this, to proclaim this, you better be in faith. All right? But we're going to see it from a little bit different view here because you're going to see some things that are right there in Scripture. They're right there in the Word when you look at it. But you didn't even notice it. Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. And you know, back in Luke when... Well, hold on there. In Luke, uh, Luke uh, 4, verse 18, where he, he says this. He, you know, he's quoting this from Isaiah 61. Let's go back there real quick. Go back to Isaiah 61 real, real fast. And look at this. Now, Isaiah 61, verse 1. I'm going to have to take my jacket off. It's a little warm in here. He says the same thing, doesn't he? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Right? The Spirit, of the, Lord is upon, uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good news, the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, meaning to repair, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to set the captives free. Now look at verse 2 here. It says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. We are living right now 
in the acceptable year of the Lord. We're not living in his vengeance yet. That's coming. That's coming. Right now, we, were, we are living in the acceptable year of the Lord. All right, now go to, uh, go to uh, Mark 16. In Mark 16, I want you, I want you to see this. Jesus is saying this to the disciples, to us. He said, well, that was to the disciples. Aren't you a disciple? Amen. You're a disciple. Now, some of you are new. I realize that. But you need to understand, this is how the kingdom of heaven operates. What did Jesus say? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. In other words, find out how it operates. Then all this other stuff will be added unto you. And after today, you should see that that phrase right there is, is life. If you'll find out how heaven operates, everything else will be added to you. But if you don't, if you don't operate according to heaven, that stuff's not going to be added to you. Mark 16, you there? Verse 15. He says, Go you into all the world and preach or proclaim the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. All right? These are signs that are going to follow those what, that believe. Now that doesn't mean we, we brain out rattlesnakes and we start picking them up showing how, how holy we are. No, no, no. He's talking because in, in that area of the world, there's snakes everywhere. You sit down someplace because it's all rocks. I've been there. You don't, you, you'll sit on something and there could be a snake underneath that rock and you don't even know it until it comes out. So what would happen is people would get bit. So he was saying, if they bite you, it won't hurt you. Don't tempt the Lord your God. And that's what Satan will try to do. So he says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right? Go and preach the gospel. Go proclaim the gospel. Do you see in there anywhere where it says the word, go pray for the sick? It doesn't say that. It didn't say go pray for the sick. It said you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Don't say to pray for them. You lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You'll cast out devils. Nope. Not praying for we're not going to pray that devil out. We'll cast it out. Get rid of it. See, it brings a whole different uh, meaning to this. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about Luke 4. Proclaiming, declaring. The gospel. 
Let's, let's look at this in, a, in another scripture here. Go to um, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. And I'm reminded of the story, of story by... Uh, John G. Lake. John G. Lake had many miracles in his in his ministry, and um, he's actually one. Well, I don't want to get into that anyway. John G. Lake was at a group of people up in up in a church in Ohio. And uh, they had been praying for the baptism of the Holy, Holy Ghost. And they said, when he got there, he, they, he, they told him, they said, we've been praying months and months for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and we just can't seem to get it. And John G. Lake told him, he said, if you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, praying ain't going to get it. He said, you need to take off your coat, Roll up your sleeves and go to work and preach the gospel. Declare the gospel. Freely you have received, freely it will be given. It's a, it's a meaning of sowing and re, a means of sowing and reaping. You go out and you do the word of God, God will fill you up. He'll put in you what you need as you go and do the word. See, a lot of times, and, and, and John G. Lake told him, that he said this, he said, you can pray and pray and pray and pray, and he said, what happens to a lot of people, they keep praying, and nothing happens. They pray themselves into unbelief. Do what, what the Word of God says to do. Go and minister to people. Don't wait. Everybody, and it's kind of what we've done in the church is we've been creating people that all we do, we come to church and everything has to happen in church. And that's fine. It, 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 there, there should be the power of God manifested in the church. But see, you are the carriers. You're the distributors of the anointing. You are anointed to go out and declare, preach the word. Look here. In 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with our long-suffering and doctrine. What's that mean? In season and out. Be ready when opportunity presents itself. Be ready when opportunity doesn't present itself. Or when it's not convenient, be ready. At all times. Always have the attitude is, I'm looking for someone to minister to. Listen to what people are saying. You go to Walmart, you go to the store, wherever you go, and you hear somebody complaining about all these, you know, my hands hurt. This arthritis is killing me. Here you go. You don't need an unction from the Holy Ghost. That's your, there's your unction right there. They said, I've got sickness in my body. Can I pray for you? No. Can I dig? 
I'm going to do something. I believe the Lord will heal you. What I'm going to do, I'm going to decree. I'm going to proclaim. Today is the day. Today is the, the day of deliverance. The word of God says, I'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right? You know what we just read? You'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Did it say anything in there else other than that? Because here, here's where we've made the mistake. We've added some things to it. And the last time I checked in the Bible says, if you add anything to this word or take anything away, I'm, I, this is Mike's verse, Mike's version, you're under a curse. Right? If I add something to the word or I take something away, I open myself for her curse. When Jesus said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, it doesn't say anything in there if they've got faith. Does it? Now, we know faith will help out, right? I'm not saying faith won't help out. I'm not saying that at all. And Jesus didn't do that. He went about doing Luke 4. Telling them, I'm anointed to preach, to decree, to proclaim deliverance. Today is the day of salvation. Be ready, be instant, in season and out of season. Don't wait for the time that it opens up and it's, it's easy. See, a lot of times that's what's happening for, with people. They're waiting for the perfect opportunity. You, you can't wait. Something in you just has to say, hey, this, this person needs prayer. And really, I use that term loosely, somebody needs to proclaim in their life. See, I'm still in that habit of saying prayer. It's not what the Word says. It says proclaim. Proclaim. Now, let's go on here and we'll see this. We'll see this actually, what Jesus did in another scripture here. Go to Luke 13. Luke 13. Luke 13. Say amen when you get there. Amen. All right, over there. Verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Now, what, that, what is that saying? That say, this woman was, she was bowed together. She was actually bent over looking at the ground. She couldn't bend up. For 18 years, all she saw was dirt. 18 years. Why? Well, because remember, Satan, God told him, you'll crawl on the ground and eat the dirt. So what's Satan trying to do? He's trying to get man to look at nothing but the dirt. Let's pick it up, verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Now if you'll notice, the her to him is italicized in your, your Bible, which means it wasn't in the original 
version, but it was put in there to give some clarity. And in this case, it does. Because we can take that out, it means the same thing. And when Jesus saw her, he called and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. What is he doing? He didn't say anything in there. Woman, if you've got faith. He didn't ask, woman, why is this? What did you do to put yourself in this condition? He didn't ask that. He said, woman, thou art loosed. He's doing Luke 4. Proclaiming today is the day of deliverance. Today's the day, not tomorrow. This is what he did everywhere he went. He did that. Now, the Romans, you'll say, well, what about the Roman centurion? Well, he was there declaring proclamation, healing. He was willing to go with the man. The man said, no, 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 I understand authority. And you know the rest of the story. Jesus says, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel as this man. He doesn't even have a covenant. He had faith. But this woman here, he doesn't say anything to her about, well, do you have faith for this? No, he didn't ask her that question. He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and he said unto the people. Notice, he doesn't talk to Jesus. He's talking to the people. He won't even address the one that did this. He's appealing to the people. Why? To put them in bondage. That's what religion will do. It puts you in bondage and is designed to keep you in bondage. He said... There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrite. Do you not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? Yeah. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. All he said about the woman was she was a daughter of Abraham. And the ruler of the synagogue says, the Sabbath is for rest, not doing anything. Well, she's been here 18 years, Pastor, and you ain't done nothing for, the other, for 18 years for the other six days that she's been here. She's still bound up. Again, what was he doing? Luke 4. Proclaiming 
This is the day of deliverance. Setting the captives free. Laying hands on the sick. Say, woman, thou art loosed. Because see, what's happened is somebody, they, they can get to the point that they go, well, I'm never going to get out of this. Because of things I've done. Because of this or because of that. See, that's how the devil works. He'll, he'll, get, you, he'll get people thinking that this has come upon me because of something that I did or my parents did. A generational curse, which I don't even want to get into that right now because we've been redeemed from all the curses. There is no such thing as a generational curse. Well, then how come my, my uncle died of this, my grandfather died of that? It's called a familiar spirit. Them demons are still around. The demons that are around today have been here for thousands of years. You can't kill a demon. You can't kill a spirit. You, see, you got to understand that. You cannot kill a spirit. And that's what a demon is. It's a spirit. So let's take that. <laughs> I'm just going to step off the rabbit trail just a little bit. Let's take that a step further. If you can't kill the spirit and you are a spirit, you have eternal life, right? Where are you going to spend it? Because you can't be killed. Your flesh is going to die. But the real you, the spirit you, is going to live forever somewhere. If you follow Jesus, you make him your Lord, your Savior, you'll spend it with him. If not, go to hell and you're tortured all over and over and over. I don't even want to get into that. But notice what he did here. He proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he did. Let's go on here. Go to, go to uh, Luke chapter 9. Who would he heal? Who would Jesus heal? Was he just sent out to heal certain people? Well, let's see what the Word says. Luke 9. Let's look at verse 10 here. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them, and he went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them, and spake unto them the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. Who did he heal? Them that had need of healing. He healed them that had need of healing. By how? By proclaiming the, their freedom. Woman, thou art loosed. Stand up. And she did, she, and she was. Why? Because she never heard that from her pastor. All she heard was things like, don't do any work on the Sabbath. Well, what, what are you doing today on the Sabbath? Well, I'm, I'm watering my dog. Isn't that, uh, isn't that work? Well, yeah, but the dog needs water. Can't let him you know, die of thirst. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. 
How about, how about praying for the sick? Oh, we can't do that. This is the Sabbath. Do that the other six days. 18 years. 18 years she was bound up. And nobody, nobody decreed anything over her. <clears throat> and here Jesus comes along. Why? Because the Father has anointed him. Each one of you in here, you're anointed. You may not be anointed to do, be a pastor or a five-fold ministry, but you're anointed because he said, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel. Preach. Declare. Declare the word of God. Now let's go to another one here. Romans chapter 16. Romans 16. Trying to go and get everything in as, as, as soon as I can. Romans 16. This is kind of what I alluded to earlier. You have authority over the devil. Jesus said it. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look at verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So what's he saying here? As you go out and you do things, God's going to bruise him under your feet. Why? Because that's where he is. You have authority over him. He doesn't have authority over you. Now, how do you add or take away from the Scripture? You add, you, you add to it because you add things like, well, if you have faith. Well, faith is important and it helps. But not every situation does it require somebody to have faith. You know, when Jesus ministered to that woman that had been bowed over, some of the things that weren't in the Scripture, it doesn't say that he asked her if she had faith to heal it. We talked about that. It doesn't say anything in there. And this is what the, 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 the current church a lot of the church would say that Jesus looked at this woman who had been bowed over by Satan for 18 years, and the Spirit of God led him to go over and minister to her. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit led him to go over. He's seen she had sickness. She needed help. He didn't need the Holy Spirit to lead him over. He looked at her. He saw she needed help. Now, we are to be led by the Spirit. There's things you're going to have to be led by the Spirit to do, but come on, church. If you see somebody needs help, you shouldn't need an unction from the Holy Spirit to tell you, go over and help them. Now, if the Holy Spirit says, don't go over and help, then you need to listen to that. But if you see that th this person here is sick and you need to go over and proclaim the gospel to them, do it. It's not you doing the healing. It's not you. But see, the, the, the intimidation the enemy will use against you is, what if it doesn't work? That's not my problem. My thing is to lay hands on the sick. The Word says, 
they will recover. Proclaim the good news. Today is the day. Today is the day of deliverance. You find what's going on. What's going on with them? Today's the day of deliverance. How long have you been putting up with that? I'm just asking, you know. And suppose they say, well, I've had it for 10 years. Well, do you know that the Word of God says today is the day of deliverance? God has anointed me to minister to you and proclaim to you the good news. The gospel says today, because you're bound. What did it say? Free those that are bound. Free those that are bound. Tell them, look, I am telling you because God anointed me to tell you, you are loosed today. Today. Not tomorrow, not next week. Today's the day. See, that's why I said sacred cows, because there's sacred cows that people believe, well, maybe it doesn't happen immediately. That's not what we see in the Scripture. Jesus is sitting there meeting with the Pharisees and Sadducees and other people, and there's so many people in the house, nobody can even get in there. And there's a guy outside that's he's a, He's crippled. They bring him there on a cot and they tear the roof off and they lower him down. And he says, your sins are forgiven you. Rise up, take your bed and go. And the religious people went berserk. Only God can forgive sins. He got up and walked out. Which is harder? Say your sins are forgiven or rise up? Rise, take up your bed and go. And he went. What's he doing? Proclaiming. Proclaiming. Now, real quick, there's two, two one. This is going to blow your top off. All right? Go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. You know, Smith Wigglesworth would do some strange things in his ministry. You study, if you read about Smith Wigglesworth, I highly recommend you get some of his books and start reading them. Because, uh, he had some marvelous... I mean, over 25 people raised from the dead in his ministry. But Wigglesworth would do something kind of strange in that when he ministered to people, we're about ready to kill another sacred cow here. That's why I'm kind of pausing. Just to give the cow ch a chance to, to bay a little bit more. <laughs> um, so, somebody would come up and he'd say in his English brogue, What's up? He'd say, What's up? And somebody, they would say, You know, well, I've got this cancer in my stomach. Well, Wigglesworth would just turn, off, turn around and haul off and he'd punch him in the stomach and they'd get healed. And he typically did that in his ministry. If you had something wrong in your stomach, you were going to get punched. One day there's a man they bring in and he's a stretcher and they bring him off to the side and he's got a blanket over him and there's a doctor there with him. 
And he walks over and says, what's up? Well, this man has terminal cancer. He's dying. It's cancer in the bones and his stomach has gone everywhere. Wigglesworth throws the blanket back, kneels down and punches him in the stomach and stands up and turns around and walks away. And as he's walking away, the doctor runs after him and says, You brute! You've killed him! You've killed him! And about that time, Wigglesworth stops and he turns around and he faces that man. He said, Get out of my business. I my business. And no sooner has he got that words out of his mouth that the man got up and ran by, totally healed. Now, before you go punching people, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. There's, there's some, I, I, until I heard this, I, I didn't know this. The reason why Wigglesworth did that, when he was a little boy, he had um, appendicitis and was dying. And a couple came over to his house. They didn't, I mean, back then, they didn't, have, it, they didn't know what to do. You just, you either lived or died. But he's dying. And the couple came over and ministered to him. And one of the things, that they punched him in the stomach. And as soon as they punched him in the stomach, he was healed. That's what he learned. He learned that punching people in the stomach worked. That's what I said. Before you go out punching people in the stomach, uh, uh, you better hear, be hearing from heaven. You better be hearing from heaven. But see, he, what I'm saying, you use what you know to use. As you go out and you start ministering to people now, because what you should do is you should take this message and everywhere you go, you should be looking, listening. For what? For somebody to pray for. Or take authority over. Proclaim. Let me proclaim. Now, back to that cow. <laughs> Chapter 55. <laughs> Isaiah 55. Now, let's look here. This is one you've heard. A, it, it, it's what I call a refrigerator scripture because a lot of people have it on there, on the refrigerators. Look at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right? You hear a lot of Christians say, yep, his, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. Um, let's back up here to verse 7 and read that. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the righteous, the unrighteous man, his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and, and to our God he will abundantly pardon. Now we read verses 8 and 9. Who are they for? The sinner. The one that had left God. I'm sorry, but my Bible tells me I've got the mind of Christ. If the Word of God tells me to study the Word of God, that I might know His good and perfect will. So I know His thoughts. I know His ways. But see, we've taken this one here, and a lot of Christians will use it saying, well, we don't, we don't know His thoughts. Read His Word. What did James say? A double-minded man will receive nothing from God. When you speak that scripture out, you're calling yourself double-minded. You are. 
Whether you, whether you see that or not, it doesn't matter. You're saying I'm double-minded because I don't know God's ways, but the New Testament tells me I do. Which is it? The cow's not moving anymore. He's done. Now, Look here, verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven returns not thither, but watereth the earth and making it bring forth and bud, it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Right? It'll prosper in the thing whereto where he sends it. If we go to John chapter 1, it says Jesus is the Word. And the Word was with us. It became flesh. Right? He's the Word. And Jesus went to the cross and took the stripes, and by his stripes were healed. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. What was the last thing he said on the cross? Do you remember? It is finished. What was finished? The word that the Father sent from heaven did not return unto him void. It didn't return unto him void. He sent his word and he healed us. He delivered us from all of our iniquities. See, things that you're battling with today, and I don't know, there may be people, there may be more than one, you're battling, you're battling in areas of sin. You're battling in areas of, of, of things that you just seem like you can't get over. I'm telling you right now, he's already paid the price for it. You've been delivered. You've been delivered. He's already forgiven you. There's sickness in your body. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody. I'm just telling you right now, that if you've got sickness in your body, I am decreeing to you, proclaiming today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Just receive it. Today, not tomorrow, today. Now, here's what you need to do. Listen to me. If you've got sickness in your body, you need to do something that you couldn't do before. Do something. Like the woman that was bowed over. Stand up! Okay. Maybe you couldn't lift your arm over your shoulder. Maybe this is as high as you could get it. Lift it up higher. I said, what are you doing? You're, exer you're exercising your faith is what you're doing. I, I heard a man one time that... that um, he was, they, they ministered to him that they proclaimed the word. He had, he had stomach issues. He couldn't eat. He was losing weight constantly. He heard that, and he went out, and he got food that he normally couldn't eat and ate it. It didn't hurt him. What did he do? He did something he couldn't do before. Why? Today's the day. Today's the day. Not tomorrow. 
Today's the day. Today's the day that you, that you received. Today is the day you received. Do something you couldn't do before. It's very important. You do something you could not do before. If you couldn't, if you couldn't straighten your leg or you couldn't bend your leg, bend your leg. Why? God's anointed us to proclaim the good news. Now, maybe it's something along, along the lines you're taking medication and you don't want to take the medication, you want to be off of it. Keep taking the medication because you know why? Your body will tell you you can't take that medication anymore. It will. You know, maybe you're taking, uh, I don't know, a diabetic medication and you say, I'm tired, I'm tired of being a diabetic. Today's the day. Well, does that mean I go home and I don't take my medication? No, you, you go ahead and take it because your body will tell you. Uh-uh. Then you go to the doctor and say, Doc, what's going on? I take the, I take the shot and I, I, now I feel bad. Uh, well, let's run some blood work. Uh, you're not a diabetic. We don't know what's happened to you, but you no longer are a diabetic. Well, today's the day. Today's the day. His word will not return unto him void. Jesus walked it out. He did it for you. He did it for us. Now he's anointed you to go out and preach the gospel. Remember the scripture that, uh, that the Lord gave us at the beginning of the year for this year? You got that up there? Oh, there it is right there. Wow. <laughs> there it is. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. What an easier way to do that than to go out and proclaim the gospel. You go out and you proclaim it. You proclaim it. People will get healed. People will get set free. People are bound, have bound, things that are bound up in their minds. The devil's got them so tormented in their mind. Today you, you are set free. Those bondages are broken in the name of Jesus. Spirit of suicide, you're gone today. Loosen them in Jesus' name. Loosen them in Jesus' name. Today's the day. Any sickness, cancer, diabetes, um, any sickness, you are loosed from it today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, as I said, you do something you couldn't do before. You do something you couldn't do before. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do something you couldn't do before. Hallelujah. You know, in, uh, in Colossians, it says that our life is hid in Christ. Right? Familiar with that? You want to go open your Bible, look at Colossians 3. I think it's verse 3. Somebody there? If you're there, read it out loud. Colossians 3, verse 3. I'm pretty sure it's verse 3. For you died and your 
For you died. All right? when, you get, when you got born again, the old man died, and your life now is hid in Christ. That's true. It's, it is no longer ours. But here's something to think about. If your life is hid in Christ, the only way the devil can see you is if you say something that's contrary to Jesus. Because right now, you're hid in Christ. The devil can't see you. He cannot see you. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. The only way he can see the old man is if the old man says something silly like, when, am, when is this healing going to come? That's not Jesus. What did you do? You just came out of hiding. I heard, I heard a man tell this story about, I believe it was one of his relatives, went to a fortune teller. Let's just say it that way. And they'd been they, and they'd been talking to their 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 brother-in-law about getting into business because he was broke and he wouldn't do it. He didn't. He wouldn't have nothing to do with it. He's a Christian, and he said, "I, I didn't feel like that was what I was supposed to do. I wouldn't do it." So he, she goes to this fortune teller and says, "Can you tell me why my brother-in-law won't get involved in business that'll make make him money and help his family?" He said. I can't tell you anything about him. And she said, well, why? And this guy was supposed to be a real famous guy in, in Los Angeles. I don't know anything about that. I don't want to know. He said, all I can see when I look in the spirit realm of your brother is I see this big giant cross. That's all I see. So she went back and told her brother-in-law what happened. And he said, well... You got a real one this time. So he told you the truth. Because I'm, I'm a Christian. And I'm hiding the cross. I'm not doing anything the word tells me not to do. Your life is hid in Christ. Meaning you live, you live the word of God. The devil can't touch you. He can't see you. You walk, if you walk in the light as he's in the light, that's what the word says. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Right? And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Right? Isn't that what it says? So if I'm walking in the light as he's in the light, the devil can't find me. Kind of brings back Psalm 91. Those that dwell in the secret place. Of the Most High? That's your homework assignment. Psalm 91. That's for those that their life is hid in Christ. With long life will I satisfy you. With long life. With long life. Did you all get something today? Praise God. That's a life. That's a, that is the life that you and I live. That's the life that we live. Take authority. Walk in the authority that's given you. 
all of us that have children and grandchildren here, we don't need to wait for the state to do something with them. We don't need to wait for the schools to teach them that garbage they're teaching them. It's, you teach them. You take authority in your household over your children. You raise them up. You don't depend on the school system. You don't depend on the government. You, they're your authority. God gave you the, your children as a blessing that, for you to raise up in the fear of the Lord. Knowing these things that we talk about. That's why these little ones here, they're getting more in here today than they would be just sitting out in, in a Sunday school draw, coloring. Now, I'm not against that. I, I've said that before. When I get somebody that, that is filled with the Holy Ghost and on fire for God, and the Lord speaks to me, I, I'll put it back there. And we, and we can have a children's church back there. But until they have, I'm not doing that. They can sit out here with us. They're getting a lot more out of it. <laughs> I mean, I know that day's coming. It's going to happen. And we'll have different age groups. So that's going to happen. But until that happens, they're going to be in here, hearing the word. And everybody's growing. Everybody's maturing. Not staying at home, not hearing the word. You know, as, as Paul said in, in Hebrews, not forsaking the assembling together as some have. We need to pray for those that are, and encourage those that are sitting at home to come back to church. They don't realize in the spirit what they're doing. Well, pastor, can't, you, you don't have to be a Christian uh, and, and come to church. Well, you better read your Bible. Uh, you better read some things that Jesus said specifically in there about because when you, when you read that scripture where he's separating the, the wheat and the tares, who do you think the tares are? Because the, the Bible says that the wheat and the tares are, are together. And they ask the question about, do we remove the tares right now? No, you'll, you'll upset the wheat. Leave the tares there till the very end. Then the angels will come, take them and throw them into the fire. Where are the tares at? I'll give you a hint. They're sitting at home thinking and having underwear church. That's where the tares are at. Because that, to most Christians, that does not bother you. That your loved one is sitting at home thinking that everything's okay because they still love the Lord and they say they love. No, they are a terror. And in the last time, when Jesus comes back, they will be bundled together like they already are, away from the church. See, because the wheat's not getting upset about this. The wheat should be upset because you got tares sitting at home thinking everything's okay. Everything's not okay. They need to be in the house of God. Amen? Because Jesus said, he said, upon the revelation that Peter got, he said, that revelation, Peter, that you got of who you said that I am, I'm going to build my church. He didn't say, I'm, I'm going to build my houses, build my homes. He said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we, I call these people the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. They walk in divine health all the days of their lives in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.